0: 2020 is almost over. Mm-hmm. It feels like this is gonna be a different kind of celebration this year at New Year's. It's gonna be a chat. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's people are always excited for the next year, and sometimes I look at that and I'm like, look, it's just a, it's just a, a number. Uh, nothing's gonna change the following day. I know you want to believe it's a big change that's gonna happen, cause you got, cause it's 2021 now. But this year it actually feels significant because of the way that 2020 has been. Yeah, this year, new me. Yeah, this year is it's that's exactly right now. Granted, uh, I don't know if you watched any of the Times Square coverage that goes on for New Year's Eve, but last year that was. I think Planet Fitness was a really big sponsor because fitness memberships spike at, uh, in the new year because people are like "New Year, New Me," like you just said, mm-hmm. and so it makes a lot of sense to advertise if that's But this year, "New Year, New Me" is gonna have to be different because a lot of the the fitness memberships and the fitness places are closed down temporarily, so it's gonna have to be a new you. At the home gym with the Peloton or with the Apple Fitness. Yes. Which is fine. Go ahead and yeah, it. It works. do what you gotta you know. do. Anyway, a lot went down in 2020. I found this cool article from Tom's Guide. Apple's 2020 report card. The best and worst of the year. So we're gonna go through here, you and me, Will, and yeah. uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna see if we agree or disagree Okay. with Make th- it a game. the successes and failures. For Apple in 2020, obviously many things went well. So the first high listed for 2020 for Apple, their, their new virtual events mm-hmm. listed as one of the highs for Apple in 2020. First of all, before I give my take, agree or disagree? I agree. Unbelievable, yes. these things! Their production value is in insane. These, and, and it shows. These virtual events are way better than the live events. Yeah. They're so interactive and they're fun. and They got all these drone shots going yeah. everywhere and coming in and out. And they, it makes the idea or of, of the previous version of it, them standing on stage, seem so antiquated. Why are you on stage? What do you do? You can do it like this now. Yeah. So much freedom. So I don't know if they'll ever go back to a live audience type of presentation because they have nailed this virtual presentation and we've had fun watching them so we both agree on that one all right next up what about apple's game-changing m1 chip they listed as a high here i'm gonna have to agree with that as well Hmm. this has been such a seamless experience having utilized these uh these m1 devices for me there was a question early on about compatibility and virtualization and what was going to happen with old previous applications. And everything's just working and they're fast and they're quiet, if not completely silent, in the form of the Air model. Mm-hmm. So, Apple successfully builds its own silicon and then ships it in two devices the MacBook Air, probably one of my best buys in laptops right now, starting thousand bucks. Pretty incredible stuff. So yeah, uh, battery life as well. Tremendous battery life. Yeah. So that's definitely another high. We both agree. Now this one, I'm not quite as certain on. The iPhone 12 takes the crown mm. as a high. Um. Uh, I like the iPhone 12. I've been using the iPhone 12. Okay. It's obviously a departure from the previous model in terms of the design language, everything getting flatter and all the rest of it. The phone is fast. The camera's nice. You know what? I have nothing really terrible to say about it other than it's just not that different than the previous model. And I guess we could say that for a bunch of models in a row here. Okay. It's not a massive improvement over whatever, the 11 Pro, whatever I was using previously, or even the handful of Android devices I used between now and then. I still hate the notification setup. Yeah. But that's an iOS argument. That's that's my own issue. I get way too many notifications. It kind of overloads that setup, in my opinion. I'm going through, I'm swiping, I'm sliding. It's a whole, it's a whole thing, Will. I don't know if you've ever been inside of iOS notifications. Been complaining about it for about a thousand years and people are sick of hearing it. Yeah. The phone delivers on whatever its promise is, and it does feel premium. I will say that. There's something about this flattened edge industrial design thing that makes it have a a kind of a well an expensive feel to it which is it is expensive
1: does it ever take you back to the iphone 4
0: that's so long ago and i've handled way too many phones to remember any phone specifically certainly when i first saw it it did eventually now i just reach for the pocket and it's just another phone as far as i'm concerned but again i'm i play with too many phones man it'll mess you right up Mm. At some point so anyway they put it as a high I guess it's a high people bought it I'll tell you what people bought the iPhone 12 and that's what you tend to yep. want to do when you're selling smartphones
1: best phone in October didn't we cover that
0: um uh, best best-selling selling phone. 5g phone yeah yep that's correct so yeah it's 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 totally been uh, a success the image quality some of the camera stuff they're doing is really cool and it certainly is a success it certainly is a high for Apple it's a, the biggest release of the year in tech. Now, oh, oh, a couple other things on the high side. The iPhone SE, which I think did better than expected. Apple finally releasing a very affordable phone, $399 starting price, and they put out a cheaper Apple Watch as well. Okay, so those are the highs. Now, let's get to the lows. And I think these are some, actually some good suggestions here. Where are the two-in-one laptops? So, I mean, you can make an argument here that the iPad sort of fills this gap. Mm -hmm. But on the PC side, you have so many form factors to choose from with uh, 360 degree convertibles that fold all the way around, detachable type of things that are going on on the Microsoft Surface side. There's just a, I mean, you can kind of select a form factor for your own personal taste. On Apple's end, it's an iPad or a laptop and the laptop's. Refuse to add any touchscreen functionality. They don't want that all to be on an iPad. iPads are great, 120 hertz ProMotion, all the rest of it. I'm a, they're incredibly powerful for what they are, but they require these kind of flippy flappy keyboard cases, which don't feel nearly as premium as the device itself. And they refuse to do something that rotates all the way around or a touchscreen laptop. So is that a low? I don't know. It's a product they never made, and they seem to be reluctant to make. Uh-huh. So I don't know if it's a low because they didn't do it. But anyway, this is definitely a low. Refusing to embrace USB Type-C. Yeah. And actually, I got to yeah. ask your update on that. Are You, you don't care about the 2-in-1 thing. The 2-in-1? Uh, you don't care.
1: Well, I would like to try it. Oh, okay. You know, um, I feel like the iPad does have its merit. You know, like they added mouse support. Yeah, and it has pen support for accuracy mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to try it to to be more conclusive.
0: To to imagine, wait a second, you're talking about the iPad or to imagine what an Apple two in one would be like.
1: Both. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I would like to try more. Yeah, uh, because iPad I think Apple could actually products. do
0: a good job of it. I know they're a bit clunky, but I think if if any company could figure out a way. To do a touchscreen laptop that was also a tablet, I just I'm curious what the, how they would approach it. But anyway, that's just mm-hmm. dreaming. This one you agree is a downside. Yeah. No Type C. I don't even need to ask you. People had high hopes that this new phone would adopt Type C because the iPads already did. All the laptops adopted Type C, and the phone is hanging on to this antiquated connector, this uh, Lightning thing that. I get it. There's some accessories. I guess you have cables, but it just feels bizarre in 2020 to be using this particular connector when everything else is USB Type-C on the planet. But they're hanging in there, and they may just completely skip over Type-C, go to the portless setup, whether people like it or not. So we'll have to wait and see what they do next, but definitely a letdown that they didn't embrace Type-C at any point this year or previous to that. Another low, the Epic Games fiasco. That's a big story. Fortnite, Uh Apple not getting along, wanting to process their own payments, bringing up this conversation about Apple having too much control over the app system, too powerful, big bad Apple. Yeah, monopoly. Monopoly. This is obviously a down type of thing for Apple. They don't want this. This hasn't been good press. However, I don't know how much it affected them or impacted them. I don't know if it's stopping people from buying iOS products. This, I I, I get what Epic is trying to do, but, I mean, Apple is a juggernaut. It's just difficult. Are you going to take a bite out of that? To think that Epic
1: is the little guy in this fight is just like, this is beyond It's so
0: huge. It's so huge. And you think of what it would take for somebody entrenched in the iOS ecosystem to side with Epic to be to be like I really need my Fortnite so I'm done I'm sure those people exist yep but the question is how many and what does that mean for Apple's bottom line versus them having the floodgates open and allowing all these alternative stores to exist within their iOS ecosystem when they're banking billions on keeping it exclusive so anyway it's definitely a down for them and it's also an unfinished story. It'll go into 2021. It's not exclusive mm-hmm. to 2020. And then the last one is the no charger in the box. For That was the first time that ever happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we got this really compact, thin little box out of it. Apple said they're saving the environment. Apple said you don't need another power brick. Some agreed, some disagreed. Uh, It created a tremendous opportunity for third-party sellers of fast-charging power bricks like our sponsor, Anchor, who put out the 20-watt little nano charger and sort of dominated that marketplace as a consequence. So it created opportunities elsewhere. Does it mean, like, here was my thing about it. It would be one thing if people had power bricks, pre-existing power bricks, that were fast enough to charge their phone at its capability. Yeah, But the vast majority of people on the iOS side, on the iPhone side, had those five-watt chargers. Yeah. That was the rough part. Now, uh, maybe they could have had it as an option. But either way, they have sent shockwaves into the industry now, and chargers are gone. You're buying all your chargers now. Mm -hmm. You don't get any more chargers. And some places have questioned the environmental component. Places like Brazil that sat there and said, you know what? We did our own little independent analysis here, and given how many people are ordering chargers or don't have them to begin with that are now going to have the extra packaging associated with purchasing a third-party charger, they sat there and said, and I'm talking the government of Brazil, they said, yeah, we we don't think so. You can go check for the clip. It's a specific region in Brazil. It may roll out to the whole country, and they're trying to push Apple to actually include a charger given their, their own investigation Seemingly indicating that the environmental uh, improvements may be not so significant. Mm. So, anyway, we'll put it on the downside, but there's more on that coming up in a uh, another story here. Later on, about chargers and phones. Oh, okay. Later in the show, for those Man. that... $20
1: for a 5-watt charger. Stick around.
0: $20 for a 5-watt uh. charger. That's right. All right, so next up... We have a little dispute going on. Our pal Ming Chi, quote, believes that some of these Apple car reports are a little premature, believes people are uh, a little too optimistic here, suggests in his new report that we're not going to see an Apple car till somewhere between 2025 and 2027, then goes on to say maybe even 2028. And the reason being, he believes, is a lack of intelligence, a lack of development on Apple's side on the uh-huh. artificial intelligence. That the actual, if they come out with this thing, then the self-driving, the autonomous aspect of it is going to have to be there. Apple right. coming from the tech realm, coming from the software development angle, they're going to need to bring all that. Yes. They can't come in with a car like Porsche did with the Taycan and say, no, 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 it's cool, you drive it yourself. It's electric, but you drive it. They can't come and do that. No. If you're Apple, you got to come at Tesla and around those tech features specifically. Yes. Now, imagine, Will, starting from scratch on that type of software, when you didn't even nail, if you're Apple, you didn't even nail the assistant in the phone. Yeah. You didn't even nail the Siri thing yet. Uh-huh. Maps took forever to be usable. So uh, there's some areas where you you it's kind of surprising to realize, oh, yeah, Apple doesn't do much in that space. Now, they yeah, have yeah. been becoming becoming more interested in augmented reality in different areas like that. And obviously they create tremendous software on the mobile devices and so forth. And they're doing their own silicon. There's a lot they got to do. There's a lot they're doing. But this specifically complicated task, you know they're going to be hiring talent. But Quo says they're not going to put it out unless it's right. They probably want to have another iPhone moment if they're going to do it. Yes. Have another, walk out on stage and be like, that thing drives itself. That's the best in the game. We finally, we did a car. Yes. Type of thing. Like there's cars out there. We did a car. Uh Uh-huh. And that's going to take some time. It is crazy. It's a bit depressing. 2028. What's happening in 2028? (laughs) Will, it's just, uh, we're on the verge of 2021. Uh Uh-huh. So that's a bit depressing to people, depressing to fans of the company, d- depressing to fans of technology, and certainly depressing to investors. Now I know investors are gonna want Apple to get it right, but yeah, they gotta sit around and wait till twenty twenty eight to see those returns after they launch the car and then the world goes nuts and and, guess, and
1: buys it. You know, in five to seven years, like this article, it does make sense, right? I mean, they're building a car from scratch. The mm, infrastructure, mm, 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 the the manpower, revisions, yeah, V one, V two, you know, and and there's a reputation. But I don't think they're the just line.
0: starting right now. No, I, I think they've been work. I don't know. I'm just guessing that the that the work has already started. But yeah, but I, I mean, if you want to nail something and have it right, it takes time. Yeah. we were just talking about how Cyberpunk took a decade to make. Almost. Yeah.
1: And like you said, it, it, a lot of it comes from software. And they that, didn't nail it. <laughs> no, they, no, it was a terrible launch. <laughs> but uh, for Apple to, you know, the marriage of software and hardware, yeah. I, I think they, yeah, they Apple, have to get it
0: right. Actually, Apple just needs, no Apple needs seven years to poach all of the employees from Tesla. That's all they
1: need to do, really. <laughs> you know? And then it's smooth sailing from there.
0: That's all. That just takes some time to create the right offers. and No, but seriously, yeah, this stuff is complicated, and I'm not surprised by this report. It remains to be seen. Who knows? Maybe it could go either way, right? You can have delays, or or maybe some things come easier and faster than expected, and all of a sudden, they're like, we're going to be on the earlier side of that. But either way, exciting times for electric vehicles. Next Apple product we'll probably see is this 12.9-inch iPad Pro with a a newly rumored mini LED display. This is a display that's easier to make, uh, supposedly, than OLED. However, features some of the same attributes uh, when it comes to image quality and uh, deep blacks, rich colors, and all the usual OLED talking points are are supposedly in here to a certain degree and with a higher yield from a production perspective, meaning that they can purchase these displays from a wider variety of suppliers, uh, type of variety a company like Apple would need to deliver the volume they're used to delivering. So previously, people expected this device to come at some point in 2021. This new report suggests it will be in the first quarter of 2021, so very soon. Just to let you know, Will, that starts on January 1st.
1: Well, that's exciting.
0: Yeah, that will be the first quarter of 2021. Mini LEDs. You might see this mini LED device very soon. Interestingly, the report does not mention the 11-inch iPad Pro. Do they get rid of the 11-inch iPad Pro? Possibly because they put out that iPad Air, which kind of fits in there, and then do you really need it? It's a lot of overlap from a performance perspective as far as those two are concerned. I like the 11-inch actually out of the two, uh, particularly for using it in iPad-only mode, not in laptop weird docking thing Mm -hmm. mode. But in iPad-only mode, it's a little lighter. A little more comfy. It's a personal preference type of thing. But yeah, foregoing OLED and jumping right over to mini LED. We'll see if they reach first quarter. If so, that's likely your next Apple product launch. Now, talking a little bit more about Apple's most recent product launch, the AirPods Max. We made a video unboxing uh, every color that Apple offers. I guess that was five total. There was the red, the silver, the black, the blue, the green, the red is more of a pink. Anyway, yeah, made a video unboxing them all. You can go check that out yourself. However, maybe, Will, all those colors are just not, none of them are suitable for you because you have even higher standards than a $500 pair of headphones in one of Apple's lame colors. I don't believe they're lame, but I'm just, this is you. I'm painting a picture here. Yeah. Well. You're the type of guy that actually needs, uh, that ev- everything you do is covered in gold. Uh. And I'm talking real gold. Uh. And everything you do is covered in crocodile leather. See, people don't know you on a personal level like I do. There's nothing but As crocodile. soon as we leave leather. this place, it's just, your upholstery in your vehicle is crocodile leather and uh-huh. your dashboard is 24 karat gold. Yeah. Pita's on me 24-7. <laughs> Personally, I think it's a little much, but... No, no. Not for a guy like you. Anyway, Caviar, the company... Speaking of another video we published recently, the Elon Musk edition iPhone from Caviar. They uh, were not satisfied, obviously, with just customizing iPhones. <laughs> Did you see this video yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> Blurred out right there? Yeah. That's mystery, Well. Yeah. They're not satisfied just doing phones. They uh, they also want to do the AirPods Max because these things are the ultimate status symbol. And so they're going to plate these with pure gold for a price. Holy moly, for a price of $108,000. $108,000. Now, I feel the need. I made this recent video. I feel the need just to give people a little background here. This company, Caviar, the whole point of them existing is this ultra-limited. It's not meant for the average person. It's it's meant to be, hey, I have this and no one else has it Yes, type of thing. And you pay some tremendous amount of money. They buy these products from Apple. They're in Russia. They customize them. It, it obviously is a fairly painstaking process to do it. And they customize them and sell them to just a couple of people, really. That's the business. Anyway, so this is one of the most expensive items I think they've ever done. $108,000, and they're only going to do a single piece worldwide of the black model and the white model.
1: Oh, so one of
0: one. One of one! Oh, man. So it's I guess it's some type of bragging rights situation. Uh, listen, it's... Some people... Some people are out there with more money than they know what to do with, for real. And they want to own something that's 101. And maybe they don't even want to wear it. Maybe they want to put it somewhere and say, that's 101. Yeah. And just look at it. I don't know. There are some outlandish products that exist in the world. And some people get frustrated looking at the existence of these things. Some people say, not, it's not pr- practical. I'm angry. And you're allowed to be. That's fair. But there are so many things on this planet with exorbitant price tags, and none of them are practical. The more expensive something gets, the the, the less practical it is. Yeah. For well, the most part, in yeah. most categories. I'll take two, though. Yeah. You take them both, Will, yeah. the black and the white. Uh, what else do they say? It looks elegant, emphasizing the status of the owners and their impeccable taste for people who want to always be on top. You see that, Will? That's all you have to do. You buy this, you stay on top perfect it's that simple yeah you've been wondering all these years what do i do to stay on top all you had to do was save one hundred eight thousand dollars for this moment right here yeah and then you've secured your position not even
1: wear them just buy them you've secured your
0: position for the remainder of life Mm. uh exclusively on top no one else can be there with you well actually one other person who has the other model no no no, i I got oh yeah you got both okay so fine it's just you Anyway, yeah, it's a bit of fun. It's obviously insane. That's the point of their products. Uh-huh. They're meant to be insane. So that those that get them feel insane. <laughs> 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 At how successful they've been that yeah. they can actually buy these. It's the point Finally, of it, man. I made it. Gee. So this is the story I was referencing earlier about the charger leaving the box for the Apple products for the iPhone. Many manufacturers made fun of Apple publicly, made fun of, it's a weird way to phrase it, but uh, brought light to the fact that their products had chargers and Apple's did not. Mm -hmm. Samsung did it. Xiaomi did it. And now Xiaomi has confirmed that their next model will also not have a charger. And of course, the internet loves this. Twitter loves this. A little plot twist right there. First, they laugh at you, then they copy you. Yes, we knew this was going to happen. Obviously, when Apple removed the charger, it was like clockwork. Okay, here we go. All the other brands are going to... Apple has made the case to the world. They've sold the world on the idea of the environmental impact of chargers. So now the marketing has been done for these other brands to go do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they say, "What? we're not going to be the chumps that spend the extra money on a charger if Apple doesn't have to do it. They want to remain competitive, and the case has already been made. And I guess offering a charger is not enough of a differentiating factor where they feel they're going to sell all that many extra units by keeping it in there, right? It's all business at the end of the day. But we do have the tweet where they mocked Apple, I suppose. It was um, around the meat Mi 10T Pro, don't worry, we didn't leave anything out of the box. And it's a quick tweet from October 14th, 2020, not that long ago, where they showcased the fact that the there's a charger in the box. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Look, that was a product. That's a product they're selling at that moment in time. And the charger, it's a way for them to jump into the conversation. right? It's not m- malicious in the way that a lot of the back and forth goes on the internet between individuals it's it's a little bit of banter Mm -hmm. and it in no way would indicate to me that they would maintain the charger forever after that and the same goes for samsung and everyone else Mm -hmm. i uh, i when when i saw apple do it i immediately stopped thinking about it i said it's over for chargers yeah it's a wrap I started thinking about companies like Anchor saying, okay, massive opportunity yeah. here now because everyone's going to bail out and it's going to become a thing that's just left up to the third parties. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in the meantime, we get to have a laugh about everyone who called out Apple who didn't really call out Apple but instead took a pointer, wrote down on the on the whiteboard, oh, yeah, get, ri- get rid of chargers. Mm-hmm. They wrote it on the whiteboard uh, in blue, in a blue erasable marker. Yeah and now they're just getting around to it on their next models. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Samsung, add Xiaomi to the to the list. Speaking of Samsung, the S21 is now available for pre-order, you, or you can reserve a pre-order. It's very, it's very weird the way that this is phrased. You can get yourself in line for a pre-order so you don't miss out on it, although I don't expect this to be that difficult to get your hands on, but it just speaks to kind of a new um, culture around products and shopping where you want to get in line early certainly those consoles helped to a- a- accelerate the hype train yeah and there's no physical line accelerate the hype tra- i don't I'm trying to and now and now there's a they're they're trying to do the same with phones it kind of makes sense get us in line early get your money early and samsung is doing some some things to actually incentivize you you can get up to $700 off uh, with an instant trade-in credit towards the purchase of an S21. You can trade any iPhone 12 series phone or a Samsung Note 20 or S20. Those are pretty recent phones, so it's not surprising you get 700 bucks for it. And they'll even offer up to $550 for certain phones with cracked screens. On top of that, if you reserve one of Samsung's phones Before the pre-order, so you get one of these spots here, you'll get $50 to use on accessories like smartwatches and earbuds by using the Shop Samsung app for Android. If you use the Shop Samsung app for Android, you get another $10 as well. So it's some incentives to get your money early and to get you thinking about the S21 and securing one for yourself. I think the reason that these new payment models are also interesting and, uh, and and the reason that companies are gravitating towards things like this is because there's so many product releases. You want the person's money as soon as possible because there's some other things can come out and tempt them and whatever right. else. So they want you to get the jump on the net. Everyone wants to be doing these drops as well. Oh, You know, whether it's sneakers or consoles or new drop merch. Limited drop. New drop. I got a drop check out my drop it's like it's a it's a fun it's it's the emerging psychology it's the gamification of social media it's this idea i won something by giving you money which is kind of funny it's like you didn't probably the person who who got the money probably won Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i mean you may it, it all counts like yeah. the gamification thing, if you get entertainment out of it, it yeah. counts. If you go post your screenshot because you got the sneakers, got them, like it's all baked into it.
1: Yeah, it's part of the game.
0: It's part of the game, but it's kind of like buying some of the, the, those skins and stuff in video games, which it doesn't, just doesn't appeal to me. It's like, I don't want to be a part of your game. Let me out of here. However, I'm sure I play tremendous number of other games uh-huh. for my own entertainment, and we all find our things, and so be it. But anyways, yeah, Samsung's got a drop coming up and it's called the S21. Big drop. Mm. You better get one because it's just a drop. Yeah, Yeah. It's going to run out. On a more serious note, Indian tech workers are seeking lifelines as Chinese firms exit amid border standoff and coronavirus pandemic. This is from the South China publication, South China Morning Post. So obviously it's coming from that perspective, and this is a a little, it's not a little article, it's, a, it's a, actually quite a comprehensive article about how the changing global dynamics around tech, tech companies, tech investment, tech manufacturing. We've covered what's been going on with Huawei over a period of time here, and obviously ByteDance, TikTok being banned in India. There's been a lull in Chinese investment in India, given whatever it is that's going on, including that standoff that's happening in the uh, north, in the northeastern part of India, uh. which would be the western part of China. How about that, Will? <laughs> yeah, how about that?
1: I could see the gears turning. That's right. That's uh. That's impressive. right. So they Good had job. a little.
0: There's a little a couple of tussles going on over there and well, a tussle in general for which is going to be the manufacturing powerhouse and, and the future of the world and so on and so forth. And anyway, so there's been a little bit of pullback. I, I think, uh, Alibaba pulled back a little bit. Uh, obviously Dance got kicked out. So then the thing was, wait, if all this investment came in and you had to hire all these locals to, to work for these companies, And then if you peel things back or you halt the investment or you change your operational structure in that place, then people are going to be looking for work. Mm. And that's the premise here that you have to look for some other high-tech job because that's what you were set up for or or get into a different business completely if these jobs happen to leave. So there's a couple of examples here in which uh, some individuals that were kicked to the curb (laughs) They weren't actually, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Laid off. Some of these individuals went into business for themselves. Others attempted to find other places to work. One of the side effects of the exit of some of the Chinese investment is that you have some upstarts in India that are adopting the role of some of those Chinese products. Like, for example, TikTok. TikTok, once, once TikTok was booted, it's spawned all these domestic equivalents. Mm -hmm. And so presumably some people with expertise in that area could go work for those equivalents. But it has caused a kind of power shift and a shift in general amongst some people there as they uh, attempt to find these new roles. Huawei has, I think, they have moved something like 50% of their operation. Uh, Alibaba and Tencent have invested... Tremendous amount of money in the in the country, and both of them are kind of halting or at least slowing down their investments. Chinese investments in Indian startups grew from US 381 million in 2016 to US 4.6 billion last year. Four Chinese apps were among the top 10 most downloaded apps on Google Play India, and 44 were in the top 100. From June to November the Indian government banned a total of 267 Chinese apps. So you see what I'm saying? I'm uh, I'm going to be nervous investing over there if I start to see this stuff taking place, tightening restrictions. Yes, Chinese telecoms equipment maker Huawei has slashed its India revenue target by up to 50%. So it's a lot of it's a lot of, you know, the tension affects the business, the policy affects the investment. And things get redistributed and moved around, but there's going to be, there's some residual, which is if the investment's not there, somebody, somebody would have previously been extracting yeah. some of that investment on the local front and they can't anymore. So there's no freebies, but it's a constantly shifting place and they probably going to continue to, uh, things are going to continue to move around mm-hmm. over there. Why Roku beats every other streaming device? I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you knew that it beats every other streaming device.
1: Well, no, of course, this I, is
0: this is Tom Pritchard's opinion. Okay. But I think he makes some good points. And something that I just didn't really think about much. I have so many different streaming devices. you have Roku? No, that's the one that I don't
1: have. Oh, okay. You have everyone except that
0: one. Yeah. So I have all these different streaming devices. And the case that he makes is, hey, each one of those streaming devices is from a mega company pushing their own mega agenda, which is, in most cases, to get you to watch their own mega shows. Yeah, I can see that. And so if you have one of Amazon's products, then they're going to push their Prime shows through your streaming device. If you have one of Apple's products, they push their big production shows, display them prominently, constantly pester you to watch them. Of course, Google, I guess, would be what would Google do on Chromecast? Probably show you ads or something. But anyway, the uh the idea here is that Roku is kind of an equal an equal place in the sense that when you open up the main home feed, you arrange it however you see fit. And there's really very little agenda because well, they're just a streaming they're just a streaming box. They're like, put whatever you want on here. And apparently the only issue they've had of recent was to do with hbo max they had a little bit of a i don't know they couldn't come to an agreement but they recently sorted that one out oh so this is for the end user maybe granting you the most control over your exact experience and how you want your homepage to look oh and the price these things are cheap are they if- yeah, compared to the competitors, for example, let me give you a little breakdown here, Will, since you asked. The entry-level Roku is 30 bucks. 30 Get bucks. out of town. Roku's cheapest device is 30 bucks the Roku Express, and if you want 4K, it's only 40 bucks. That's the Roku Premiere. The most expensive device is 100, but I feel like you just showed a Discount on it, the Roku Ultra. By comparison, if you want 4K support on an Apple TV product, that's $180. Oh. So I just had to put that all in there. Oh, and then the other thing that he mentions that absolutely struck a chord with me. Okay. The remote. The Apple TV remote is just... One of the most frustrating pieces of tech that Apple has ever made. It's got a touch-based interface. It is so thin that you lose it once a day. Once a day, you lose it, the Apple TV remote. Mm -hmm. There's nothing tactile about it. It's not comfortable to hold in your hand. You have all kinds of missed presses and inputs. They were trying to, I guess...
1: You're talking about this...
0: uh, Yeah, I'm talking about the touch remote, yeah. Okay. It's just not a fun experience. I don't know. Somebody tell me in the comments who has an Apple TV, somebody tell me why I should love this remote. I want to find the one person that loves this remote. There's one one thing, Will, Uh, that feels good on it, which is scrubbing a YouTube timeline. You can kind of do it almost like a touch interface, but for everything else that goes wrong, all the unintentional presses, the losing it all the time... hmm. It's not worth it, and there are times where I just wish I just had all the buttons and I could nav the thing just with a D pad. Which is obviously, I look at the Roku remote and I'm like, oh, of course, that's exactly what it is. Starting at thirty dollars, pretty. Is it time.
1: battery operated? This uh, Apple
0: it's technology. lightning. It's lightning. That's another oh, okay. thing. Go hunt for a lightning to charge it. Rude. <laughs> I guess maybe they include one. They probably include at one least in the that's
1: box. one step. Like you don't have to add batteries. You can no,
0: but but on, on a, a remote, cable. batteries last forever. Even if it did
1: have batteries. Eh. It's annoying though. If you could just charge it, it over. Go get an easier.
0: Apple TV. Well, okay. use this remote and call me call me later. Okay. You just be like
1: Well, it seems like I'm gonna get a wha- Roku. Oh
0: yeah, I yeah. know you're just gonna get a Roku, oh, so okay. avoid it Give this anyway. A shot. Save your money and uh, I guess you get the premiere one for the four K. I don't know what the Ultra gives you extra over the premiere. They probably have a comparison here on the site. That you can bring up. I'm curious why it would be that much more money. I think they're also doing sound bars now as well. But it's all about value. Their whole pitch is value. Oh, 4K HDR. If you want to get to HDR with Dolby Roku Vision. TVs. Oh, they're doing they their everything. Own, they're doing TVs now. Holy moly. Roku's, maybe they're bigger than we thought here, Will. Maybe yeah. they're becoming the big... Jo- no, they're definitely not on the scale of the other ones. So anyway, yeah. There's something nice about having your streaming box autonomous from the big services. So you just decide what you want to install on in it and which one you want to use. And you don't feel inadequate constantly being reminded that you don't have the service that they're trying to pitch you.
1: Seems like we're doing an ad here.
0: <laughs> we're doing a Roku ad, although they didn't yeah pay us anything. No. Anyway, maybe this entire article is a Roku ad, but you can't deny the fact that it's just way more affordable than the other products. Yeah. That
1: name Roku always seems to be popping up here and there. Really? Like they've, Survived. They've hung in there. Time.
0: That's true. Yeah. It's a good point you make. Uh Next up, Kanye West almost created a video game with Nintendo. Can you imagine that oh. game? What would you do in that game, Well. Uh... I yeah. mean... Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I
1: I'm was... I'm trying to think of, like, how it would look more than Can anything. it just be it look m- like a, a
0: Mario clone, except it's Kanye, and everything is, like, music yeah. and Yeezy-related? He's a bear, like...
1: Uh, like, you, you, graduation.
0: you jump, and then you hit the... And when you hit the block above you, and then a pair of Yeezys come... The shoes come out. Uh-huh. And then, and then you have the next power, like, whether it's speed or...
1: Oh, yeah, there's different types
0: of... You jump PCs. higher. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm doing the game right now. I mean... Anyway, so right. there recently in a podcast, you had the former Nintendo of America president, Reggie Phil Aime. I believe that's how you pronounce that. Anyway, he talked a little bit about this encounter he had with Kanye in which he was pitched a Nintendo game. He met with Kim Kardashian West a few years ago to discuss the possibility of a partnership. And it started because Kanye bumped into Nintendo's Shiguru Miyamoto at the company's E3 booth. And then he got the meeting with <laughs> Phil Aim and and got his opportunity to pitch something. Now, I suppose because of uh, secrecy, we don't get to hear what the concept of the game was other than he was turned down by Nintendo. Oh, so here's the, the quote. We had so many different projects at Nintendo going on, the possibility of doing something with Kanye just wasn't there. And so I had to find a way to politely decline the opportunity to work with him. I told him, Kanye, you don't want to work with us. We're tough. We're hard. All we do is push for the very best content. We would not be the type of partner you would want to work with. Then Kanye turns and says, Reggie, you're exactly the type of partner I want because of that reason see that well
1: yeah what's his response it's like oh my gosh yeah is he like proud of that
0: i think they're having a bonding moment of yeah both like we both have uh standards that cannot be met which is obviously a thing that exists for uh, Uh, a lot a a lot of people making things Mm -hmm. that the standard is never met the demands but nintendo tends to put out really polished stuff for the most part, don't they? I don't know when their last big controversy was. I think they have controversy around how they treat their content and police it online. Yeah. That's their thing. Like, you can't stream it. And they have this, the partner program, they police it like crazy, and they're very careful who's allowed to use anything Nintendo-related. I think that's where they run into issues. But Uh they're very, they're very tight, Nintendo. They are, yeah. They're very tight. I don't know if Kanye's that tight. Uh...
1: I don't think so i think he would lead the creative front i think gameplay wise could be nintendo right i, I think it would be a good collaboration but
0: see that's the thing though nintendo's yeah. used to having so much control that yes. that i i don't know that they could ever figure it out or work it out i think kanye yeah. would need some sort of indie development company that would be more open to try to put the vision to work and yeah. work with a guy who well he's quite a bit different than your your typical I guess would it be a creative director of a game project right yeah so anyway it's uh, we can imagine an alternate universe in which the Kanye game is a big hit and knowing him he probably still fully expects to do it at some point yeah we'll good see good on him more than 180,000 ceiling fans sold at Home Depot recalled because Blades Detach went in use oh <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why I like this story <laughs> it's just I they, shouldn't like it. It's dangerous. They just eject. I just it's it's just a funny there's something about ceiling fans which are funny to me already. <laughs> <laughs> Why just, are they funny? I don't know. They're just up there spinning around. You know, you they're
1: know, kind of uh keeping your head cool. It's there's utility in it.
0: No, I know they, they move the air around. There people people there's a dispute about whether they do very much. For the actual ambient room temperature, you have to configure it properly. They have two uh, they can go either pull air up or push it down. And a lot of people don't use them properly. You know this meme, right? Like people for people use their fans wrong.
1: Oh, really? I thought it only goes one direction, which is to push air
0: down. Yeah, but see the hot air rises. Isn't that what you want? To push the hot air down? But you're not on you're oh. not at ceiling level. You would want to push... You would want to pull cold air up. Oh, right. Yeah. You see? Because your register for your air conditioner is Mm -hmm. on the floor level. The floor Mm -hmm. is always colder than the ceiling. I see. But you could actually use it to keep a room warm on the the alternative. Anyway, it's a meme online. So does
1: it go reverse?
0: Yeah. It does, right? Yeah. Okay. But it's a meme online that people for years are like, this fan is heating up my room. (laughs) And and yeah, it can I don't be. Know I not know about this. Anyway, I, I no anyway, idea. that's not I just find them funny because it's just a it's just such a blunt contraption. Look at it. It's just blades yeah. spinning on your ceiling. Anyway, th- some of them are more elaborate looking than that. That one is the most utilitarian looking fan. I just try to imagine the environments where this fan is hanging. Uh, and the fact that there's 182,000 of them sold that are being recalled. This is the dangerous one. Just imagine one model of fan. They sold 182,000.
1: There's a a lot of them uh, being peddled.
0: I don't think I have a single fan in my house right now. No, you don't. Well, you should get one. I I think I have one. I think I have one. Yeah. They're so weird looking, though. They take up so much space. Anyway. Yeah. I'm I'm arguing with no one right now about the the viability. I have no idea about fans. In here, in here, we would need a fan because of the high ceiling and a huge discrepancy in heat. But we would need a huge fan. One of these fans wouldn't work. But 182,000 rooms, I have to picture, where this exact fan has been installed, Uh. sold at Home Depot. It's incredible. Anyway, the blades fly off in some circumstances, like giant spinning blades coming Mm. your direction. Those things can pick up steam, so Uh. nobody wants that. No. And so they're recalling it because they had a bunch of reports of uh, damaged property and injuries, in fact. So if you have a Hampton Bay 54-inch Mara indoor-outdoor ceiling fan (laughs) sold nationwide between April 2020 and October 2020, between April 2020 and October 2020, 180,000 fans Uh, of one model. I think I might have got one. (laughs) (laughs) You have this fan. And it was sold for $150,000. Go check your fan if it's that model. Uh, Don't get your head sliced off when they come. I mean, obviously, I'm joking, but it lands uh, in your turkey dinner. Yeah, just be safe. And I don't know. Check your fan model. There's so many of them out there. It's funny. (laughs) Why that fan? Yeah,
1: why is it so popular? Why that fan? I mean, it looks nice, but you know.
0: This is a cool one. Last star of the day. Star Trek actor's ashes were secretly sent to space and remained hidden in the International Space Station for 12 years. Mm. So this is uh, the character Scotty from the Star Trek show, the actor's name, James Doohan. And he, when he died, his wish was to go to space, to go to the International Space Station. And so the family tried to actually get this done. They tried to get the ashes up there, but there was no official means of doing this. Nobody, they couldn't, the various organizations weren't going to partake in, in this uh, process. However, somebody else got it up there for them. Richard Garriott, who was one of the first private astronauts to travel on the space station. He smuggled the ashes, ashes in 2008 during a 12 day mission, just never made it public. Couldn't talk about it. Kept what, it a, a secret. what a good guy! Yeah, he brought that guy's ashes he up a there. Massive fl- uh, favor. He had to stash and him. take the risk for himself. His family were very pleased that the ashes made it up there, but were disappointed that we couldn't talk about it publicly for so long. Now enough time has passed that we can. Duhans son Chris said his father's wish was to make it to the space station. He died in 2005 at the age of 85. So the Star Trek actor ends up resting with the stars.